This episode is sponsored by The Jordan Harbinger Show. Named the best podcast of 2018 by Apple. Tons of fascinating guests. Untold stories you won't hear anywhere else. Expand your wisdom and discover other perspectives that you've never considered before with The Jordan Harbinger Show. Join Jordan as he interviews high-profile people as well as intriguing personalities. Each episode features a discussion that might just take you anywhere. I recommend episode 970, where Jordan and guest Annie Jacobson talk nuclear annihilation. How likely is it? How scared should you be? And what comes after? There's also episode 886 with David Farina, which delves into the wacky world of flat earthers. These episodes are great starting points, but you're sure to find deep, interesting, and thought-provoking topics throughout Jordan's catalog. Turn off the music and turn up the wisdom with The Jordan Harbinger Show. We really enjoy this show and we think you will as well. There's just so much here. Check out jordanharbinger.com start for some episode recommendations or search for The Jordan Harbinger Show. That's H-A-R-B as in boy, I-N as in Nancy, G-E-R. You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. Subscribe and comment on the video on the card above for a chance to win a $20 Amazon gift card at the end of the month. Walmart might save you money, but there's no guarantee you'll make it out of there alive. This world is a strange one. Walmart is not a bad place, don't get me wrong, it's a superstore chain dedicated to competitive prices and customer satisfaction. But as most of us have seen from pictures, videos, and in person, Walmart is often crowded with the strangest and creepiest people. People who don't feel like wearing clothes in public. People who watch you around every corner. People who stare a little too long at the children who walk by. So if you don't know yet, let me inform you about just how dangerous it might be to shop at Walmart or anywhere with people. Enjoy these allegedly true creepy Walmart stories. But first, I would love to hear your stories. I'm looking for submissions to put in my upcoming videos about police scary stories and McDonald's horror stories. So if you've got one to share, come on over to darknessprevails.org and share it with us. It might just end up in a future video. Anyway, let's see if we can add match getting stalked by a psychopath. Number 1. Walmart Parking Lot Horror Submitted by Jason D. I was a junior in high school, and I had just turned 18. I had been held back a grade, so I was a year behind. But being 18 meant I was an adult. So, when I got caught selling some pot to a friend, it pretty much ruined my life. I was soon labeled a felon and only barely dodged prison time since it was my first offense. Now I was no drug dealer. This happened when a friend of mine didn't have a dealer to go to, and I had some stuff that I wasn't going to use anyway. Bad timing, I guess. 
so I wasn't allowed back at school for my classes. All those college prep and AP courses I took and completed were worth nothing, all because I would not be getting a diploma. All that time and studying and hard work, it was all for nothing. To finish up my junior year, I had to take satellite courses from home, one final exam at the school offices supervised by the vice principal, and then it was over. I wasn't allowed to come back for a senior year or graduate from high school at all. My life was in the crapper. Thankfully, my family supported me and helped me out. I had an uncle, an uncle who absolutely loved his pot. He even used to deal in high school himself. He was a manager at the local Walmart. I had fines to pay, otherwise my probation would be revoked, so he hired me. I don't know how he did it, but apparently they either skipped the background check or my uncle actually had enough reach to allow a felon on board his team. But I got a job at Walmart as a felon, at least for a month. Let it be known that after a month of working there, he was forced to fire me due to my felon status. I guess his hands were tied. Walmart was not about to let a pot smoker work for them. Anyway, during that long month, I worked as a cart pusher. I got the night hours so I could work on getting my GED during the day. It was far easier than my first job serving sandwiches at a subway. Plus, I hardly had to deal with customers. I just stacked up the carts and rolled them into the cart bay just inside the building. It was as simple as that. But working at night out in a mostly empty parking lot, it always gave me this eerie feeling. I have never been a paranoid person, not once in my life. I was never that guy after watching a scary movie that kept looking over his shoulders out of fear. No, I usually just went to bed or got on with my night. So maybe it was the stress of my criminal status and the massive fines I had to pay. But I felt like I was being watched constantly. I felt like someone was keeping a close eye on me at all times. For the first time in my life, I found myself glancing in every direction, chasing shadows that weren't really there. After the first few nights, I began pushing those carts a little harder, a bit faster, feeling as if someone was giving chase. I felt kind of stupid, to be honest. There were a couple of other cart pushers there with me, and I know they sometimes saw me speed walking those huge lines of carts up into the building. I didn't care, though. If my life was really on the line, I'd rather be embarrassed than dead, you know? A full week into this new job, I began to notice something strange. In one of the middle rows in the parking lot, right under one of those tall light poles in the same spot every night, there was this tan Oldsmobile sedan. This old car would be there at the start of my shift and throughout my day. It would be there every night. The windows were tinted to the point you could only see the outline of things inside. But I knew someone was in there. I could see their silhouette. Sometimes I would see them move. Now, I wasn't just standing there looking at this old car, but it was near a very frequented cart corral, so I took my glances. Whenever I would leave work or arrive to work, I would begin checking that parking spot. Lo and behold, the car was not there before and after my shift, only deering. So sure enough, I asked my coworkers about it. I thought maybe it was one of their cars that they parked in the middle of the lot instead of the side lot like the rest of the employees. Or maybe it was a relative of one of the employees awaiting their shift to be over to pick them up. But nobody claimed this vehicle and one of them even admitted to seeing it as well. He said to me that he never saw this car there before up until I started working for them. It was beginning to make me feel nervous. Never did I see someone enter or leave that vehicle. The door never opened. I never even saw the vehicle move. 
I would arrive and it wouldn't be there. Then I'd clock in and head out to the lot and there it would be. As if the person inside was waiting on me. I was starting to get fed up. I had enough on my plate to deal with. I did not need this in my life. So I took advantage of my employment there and walked up to the car. I would pretend to be interested in seeing if this person needed some help. I would put on a fake friendly smile and ask if something was wrong. That would be the end of that. I would finally have some answers. Or so I thought. When I walked up to the window of the car that night, my heart felt like it was going to stop. It felt like the air around me got colder. My body seemed to be telling me that I was about to make the biggest mistake of my life. But I forged on. I walked up to the driver's door and I knocked on their window. From that close, I could very plainly see that there was a person inside. Someone right behind the wheel. I saw a faint, natural movement. The way a living human body can't be absolutely still unless they're dead. But whoever it was, they did not react to me knocking. They never lowered the window or opened the door. They never flinched. And that's when I started to back away. I did not take my eyes off of this car. I backed up slowly until the view of that car was overtaken by the other cars in the parking lot, what few there were. Then I turned and jogged inside the building, picking up loose ads from the carts in the bay for as long as I possibly could. I did not want to go back out there that night. I began to avoid that spot entirely, even when the morning crew began to complain about that specific cart corral being full when they arrived. One night, after an especially long and cold shift, I had just clocked out and gotten in my car to go home. But before I started my car, I looked in the rearview mirror. My eyes widened in disbelief. That same tan sedan was behind me, right behind me in the space adjacent to mine. I have no idea how I didn't notice it while walking toward my car. Maybe I was just tired, but the sight of it made me jump. I remember breathing to myself, what the hell? Hesitantly, I started the car and pulled away. Only a few seconds after my car was in motion, the vehicle behind me came to life. Their headlights flashed on and they began to follow me. Now I was scared, scared like I never thought I would be. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know if I should floor at home or call the police. No, instead I decided to try to lose this car. Before heading in the direction of my parents' house where I still lived, I went the opposite way. I made way too many turns, yet still that vehicle followed me. It wasn't right up on me, it kept its distance, but it was always there. I was going 20 over the speed limit at some points, trying desperately to get out of sight of this psycho. It took maybe half an hour, but I finally did it. I lost them in the midst of a small suburban neighborhood that I was barely able to navigate out of myself. Finally, I felt safe enough to drive home. I pulled up into the driveway and parked behind my dad's old truck, and I walked up onto the porch where I found my parents waiting for me. I was late, really late, and they were worried. I explained to them exactly what was going on, that someone had been following me and I wanted to lose them first. Their looks of worry only got worse. Before they could question me further, the three of us turned to the driveway. There were headlights coming up from behind the trees down the hill. Someone was approaching, and we weren't expecting any company, not at that hour. I froze in horror as I watched the tan Oldsmobile pull up in our driveway, bright lights shining onto me and my parents. 
No one got out of the car. It just stood there. My parents were in disbelief. I didn't even have to tell them that this was the same vehicle as before. After a minute or two of waiting for someone to exit the car, my dad became exasperated. He stomped over to the car. Something told me to stop him though, but I was petrified, rooted to the spot. Luckily, before he ever reached the vehicle, they just backed up and pulled out of the driveway. Dad walked back over to us, saying that he tried to get the license plate number, but their tag lights were out. I was scared before, but by then I was disturbed. Whoever this was, they were obviously after me. That was certain. And now, despite all my efforts, they knew exactly where I lived. I was helpless. That night, I lost the feeling of safety that home affords you. And that, my friends, is one of the worst feelings imaginable. After that, my dad began picking me up from work himself. I did not want to be alone, not even on the drive home. At work, I did not leave the side of my coworkers, even if it annoyed them. At the end of my shift, dad would be outside in his truck waiting right at the front doors, so there was no need to worry about going out alone in that parking lot. I didn't see that car for a while, and for a moment, I was beginning to think it was all over. I was dead wrong. One night, my shift ended as usual, and I was walking out of the doors heading towards my dad's truck. He was just outside waiting on me. I could see him. It was maybe a distance of 10 yards from the doors to his truck, just 10 yards of sidewalk and curb. I really thought there was nothing to worry about. Halfway to his passenger door, lights to my left blinded me. Instantly, I turned in their direction trying to make out what was going on, who was there. Whoever it was had their brights on. Before I could even think of anything else, the car burned rubber and it raced towards me. It was simply too close. I didn't have the chance to react. Before I knew it, I was barreling over the hood of the vehicle. I landed hard on the concrete, all the breath forced out of my lungs. I watched this car race away from the parking lot and soon my dad was over me. I had never seen him so afraid. It took several minutes for my mind to clear, and when it did, I quickly looked over my body. I was terrified that I would find my leg twisted and mangled or a body part missing. But I was fine. I felt fine. Somehow, I was uninjured. Despite this, my father called an ambulance as well as the police. And that was it. The police got a hold of the footage of the cameras outside of the Walmart building, but they could not get a plate number either. It was dark, the cameras were cheap, and the vehicle's tag lights were out. All we had was a color and make of the vehicle, yet nothing came of it. No one was found or arrested, and soon after that, I lost my job due to Walmart's somewhat delayed policy in hiring felons. But by then, honestly, I didn't care. I didn't want to work there anymore. I couldn't survive another night, probably literally. I don't know what to say to those of you hearing this story. There is no moral. I could say be careful, but this could happen to anybody. No matter how prepared you are, this could happen to you. I thought I did everything right. Even still, after all the precautions I took, some stranger behind a wheel and tinted windows drove over the curb, aiming at me. I'm lucky I escaped with my life. This episode is sponsored by June's Journey. Do you believe in monsters? And given the chance, would you be brave enough to track one down on your own? 
In June's journey, people are the true monsters, and you can live the story yourself rather than sitting back and listening to one. June's Journey is a hidden object game with a thrilling murder mystery set in the Roaring Twenties. You play as June on the hunt for your sister's murderer. Discover clues through exciting hidden object scenes with beautiful and atmospheric illustrations and music. Victory brings you closer to new plot points and suspenseful answers. When not hunting for clues, you can customize your own luxurious estate island with gardens, buildings, and decor. Or chat and play with or against other players too, in the Detective Club, where you could even put your skills to the test in the Detective League. June's journey is both relaxing and fun to play. With my busy schedule, I find it's the perfect game to pick up and play whenever I've got a free moment. It doesn't demand too much time, and it's pretty satisfying solving puzzles quickly and unlocking new clues. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Save big money and transform your home with new appliances now at Menards. We offer the lowest prices and the largest in-stock appliance selection ready to take home today. Check out top appliance brands, including KitchenAid, Maytag, Whirlpool, Amana, and Criterion. Upgrade your home and save big money on new appliances at Menards. Shop our entire selection of appliance options online today at Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. Number 2. Walmart Creep Tries to Kill Me Submitted by Johan F. I used to work at a Walmart a couple of years back. A lot of unusual and strange things happened to me while I worked there. But this, this is by far the scariest moment. I'm a 16-year-old male, and I'm quite short-standing at about 5 foot 8, but I like to think I could defend myself if I needed to. Back to the story, I was doing a usual shift, working from early to late. The hours weren't great and the pay was terrible, but it was enough for someone my age. This experience started at around half past seven at night when the amount of people shopping was beginning to die down. I think at the time there was only about seven people inside the Walmart, not including the employees, when a man dressed from head to toe in black with a hoodie and sunglasses came in. He stuck out like a sore thumb. He walked up to the register where I was working and asked what time we closed. His breath stank of alcohol and tobacco. 10 o'clock, I said. Thanks, he muttered under his breath. He then disappeared into one of the aisles. A couple of hours later, I had forgotten about the man entirely. Most of the people working at the time were leaving to go home as the store closed in about half an hour. I had the unfortunate task of locking up the restroom. This meant I was one of two of the last people to leave. As I was making my way over to the restrooms, key in hand, I noticed wet footprints leading to the entrance of one of the stalls. Is there anyone in there? I asked out loud. I'm locking up now, it's time to go home. We're closing. One second, said a hoarse voice, followed by a deep cough. The stall opened and out came the man from earlier. I pretended not to remember him, but I did, which made me a bit worried, as I thought he must have been some lunatic or something. It was probably an over-exaggeration at the time, but as it turned out, it may have saved my life in the end. Can you come over here? There is a problem with the toilet, the man said. He looked very on edge when he said this, 
and it made me nervous. I'll check it out when you leave. I just want to make sure I don't lock anyone in here, I said with an insincere giggle. No, he replied. Come check now. The way he suddenly raised his voice made me uneasy. That, mixed with the way he looked, it wasn't doing him any justice. Sir, you have to leave now. I was beginning to sound noticeably anxious and agitated. He stared at me for a good 10 seconds and then vacated the restroom finally. On the way out, he bumped into me as if he were angry at my final decision to not fix the toilet. As he left, I closed the door behind him and I went to inspect the toilet. It was fine and it worked fine as well. He was trying to lure me in there for some reason. I was starting to get paranoid, which again may have been me being scared for no reason, yet again, but I couldn't help but feel that something was off about the situation. As I left the bathroom and locked it, I looked over to the entrance of the store and I saw that man was just looking at me while standing in between the automatic doors. I froze and I looked back at him. After a few seconds of this death stare, he left and he disappeared into the darkness of the night. I felt relieved, but still very weirded out. I wanted to see what the man was doing in the store for so long, so I made my way over to the security hub so I could see what footage the security cameras had gotten of the man. I opened the camera archive and went to two hours earlier. I scanned over all the different cameras until I finally saw him. He was in the houseware section near the back of the store pacing up and down the aisles. He was holding something shiny, but I could not tell exactly what it was. I forwarded the tape until he decided to leave, which was after an hour of him pacing up and down. He of course made his way to the restrooms, and as he entered, he looked around, as if he were seeing if anyone was around to watch him, and I got a better view of what he was holding. It was a knife, a very long combat style knife. He then went into the restrooms and about a half an hour later, I came onto the camera as I was locking things up. I can only assume that this man wanted to lure me into the stall to rob me or maybe even kill me. The other employee that was on that night never saw the man and since then I've quit working there and have never seen that man again and that's probably for the best. Number three, Walmart Creeper, submitted by Cody R. I was 13 years old at the time this happened. Me and three other friends wanted to have some fun because teenagers like us being the stupid types wanted to go to Walmart at 10.30. Me and my friend Hunter, who was 17, convinced some girls named Bella and Madison to go to Walmart with us. We proceeded to go at this time in a bad area of South Carolina. When we walked in, I didn't feel anything irregular at first. So we went on doing pranks and screwing around like most teenagers. As we were about to jump in one of those big baskets full of the rubber balls, again, I was 13, I heard, come over here. I thought it was only me at first, but then I looked over at Hunter and he looked weirded out. He was the oldest and he said, let's go home and get some drinks. We'll watch a movie or something. Let's just get out of here. For the first time, he looked scared, which in turn made me nervous and the girls got frightened too. The whole situation was weird. As we walked to the food aisles, I saw this person. He was hooded in all black and he was very pale. That must have been the guy who said that earlier. So I told Hunter that that creepy dude who had said that was behind us. We went into the snacks and he followed us. So I yelled to him to just screw off, to leave us alone. 
He looked at us with a very eerie smile, and we went up and down different aisles trying to lose the guy. When he was gone, Madison had to use the restroom. We were dumb and young, and we let her go in alone, and to this day, I regret letting her go in that Walmart bathroom by herself. The three of us stood around waiting for her, just looking at different items on the shelves around us. When we heard a scream, and all our faces went white, it came from the bathroom that Madison was in, and that was Madison's voice. I did what anyone would do, and I ran inside. It was that same hooded man. He had her at the corner pinned against the wall. There were tears streaming down her face, and I could hear this freak laughing. I didn't have time to think. I just ran at the guy and pushed him. Then I grabbed Madison by the hand, and all of us ran out of that store. Not once did we look behind us to see if we were being chased. We just needed to get the heck out of there. To this day, I don't know what was wrong with that guy. We don't know who he was or where he is now. But I do know that ever since that day, Madison is a bit more quiet, a bit more cautious, and a lot less trusting of other people. Number four, The Walmart Freak, submitted by Mama Bear. First off, I'll tell you that I'm a 22-year-old woman. I'm a mother of two young children, and I was out shopping late one evening around 8.30, maybe even 9 p.m. My husband didn't join us due to the fact that he was working late that night, and I did not like going places by myself with my daughters, so I asked my best friend, let's call her Macy, to tag along. I was placing my two girls in their booster seats and buckling them in. Then we headed on over to Macy's house. We got to our destination and parked. I grabbed the double-seated stroller out of the back while Macy helped the girls get out of the car. While I was bent down in the trunk, I noticed a tall, shadowed figure standing kind of close to my car. It was dark, and the way that the parking lot lights were reflecting, it was kind of hard to tell how close the figure was, but undoubtedly there was someone there. I had finally lugged the heavy two-seated stroller out of the trunk, and Macy and I placed the girls inside and strapped the buckles on them. As we walked to the front entrance, I could see out of the corner of my eye that that shadow of a person was still lurking, but moving. I could see the legs moving as if they were walking. I turned my head as slightly as I could to the right to see if it was just another person walking to the store. But I didn't see anyone, so I just blew it off. There were a lot of workers outside standing in the outdoor smoking area, so I thought to myself that it could easily have been one of them. We walked into the Walmart, and I had dropped my phone off of the stroller. So I bent over to pick it up, when I realized a few feet behind me there was someone standing there. I looked back as I was standing back up, and there was a man. He was about six foot three, just standing there right behind me. I'm only five foot four. I wasn't really freaked out by this, thinking it was just another shopper. They probably just stopped because I was blocking the entrance. I said, I'm sorry, and I started walking. Hey, wait, I heard from a deep yet soft-toned voice. I turned to the voice, and Macy turned as well. It was the man that was standing behind me at the door. Macy and I were about ten feet in front of him, so he walks towards us, and he's staring dead into my eyes. When he got close to us, he looked at me and said, My God, you have the most beautiful eyes I've ever seen. I didn't think much of this. I was mostly taken by surprise. So I just said, uh, thank you, 
Macy and I just kind of stood there waiting for the man to say something. He was tall, clean cut, and dressed well, almost as if he worked in an office of some sort. But he didn't say anything, and he just continued to stare dead into my eyes, as if he was trying to eat my soul or something. We began to walk away, heading for the baby section. I was six and a half months pregnant at the time. We noticed pretty soon that wherever Macy and I went, that man followed, even into the feminine aisle where men don't tend to go. I was more than just a little freaked out. I looked at Macy and I told her I was feeling uncomfortable with this man following us. She's a bit of an optimist and said that maybe he was just looking around. So I tried to rationalize my thoughts and said, okay, Macy, my kids and I just kept going on with our shopping because it was getting late and the girls were starting to get fussy. We got into a checkout line and I realized then that I forgot something that I was going to get for my husband. It was something he usually forgot to get for himself when he was out. I was going to get him some shaving gel. I'm not sure if all Walmarts are this way, but where the checkout lines are, the health and beauty department are pretty far away from each other. I had finally made it there, and keep in mind that when you're in mid to late pregnancy, your feet and legs hurt all the time. I just about jumped out of my skin when someone tapped me on the shoulder. I turned to see who it was, and it was the man from before. I didn't know whether to feel angry or nervous. I asked what he wanted, and he said to me, and I quote, you, I want you. I was more than dumbfounded about this. What? I said in a shaky voice. Yes, miss, I want you. You're beautiful, you smell nice, and you're pregnant. I don't want to sound bad, but I get really turned on when I see pregnant women. I looked at him in disbelief, and I was pissed. I'm married and that's a little disrespectful, I said with a straight face. This must have made him mad. He was obviously indignant. His voice steadily grew louder. No, I want you and I'm not going to let you say no. I'm not one that likes to argue, so I just turned and started walking towards the end of the aisle. And that's when I felt a tug on my ponytail. I felt my neck pull back violently. I'm not much of a fighter. I was raised not to be but something in me clicked. Maybe it was the pregnancy hormones, but I got more than pissed. I screamed for him to let go. He tried to put me in a chokehold, and I know people could hear me. I was yelling, kicking, and screaming. Then he put his hand over my mouth. Shut up, or I'll break your neck. I continued to kick as much as I could, kicking shelves and knocking things off to get someone's attention. After what felt like an hour, I heard a guy yell, let her go and he did, and the guy ran. Macy must have heard or seen something, and she was rushing with the girls over to my side. I fell to the ground, trying to catch my breath. I started crying so bad to the point that I couldn't even see. Macy called the police, and when they arrived, I told them everything. To this day, I'll never go out alone to get something. I never go to the store without my husband. This man was never caught and I have no idea what he would have done to me if someone didn't tell him to let go. I was worried for my unborn child's safety, and my child is doing just fine by the way. Let's just say I now go to another Walmart, but still I never to this day go out alone. Number five, Potential Kidnapper, submitted by Jade. 
Before I tell this story, I have to mention a very important life lesson that helps me all the time. Always trust your gut instinct, always. Now on with the story. I was about 16 at the time and my nephew's first birthday was coming up. So I decided to go to Walmart to pick up a toy for cheap. Yeah, auntie of the year, right? Well, as I was going up and down the toy aisle, I saw a little girl about five years old looking at the Barbie toys. I was looking for toys for younger boys, so I went to turn and walk away. But that's when I saw that this little girl was not alone. A man had appeared from the other end of the aisle. I stepped back then forward. This man must not have been related to her. She didn't seem to acknowledge him in any way. But the way he was just lingering there, looking at her, made me feel very uncomfortable. The little girl did not look up from her toys and I didn't see anyone nearby to help me in case I had to fight off a possible kidnapping. Maybe I was a bit too paranoid too quickly. Still, I pretended to browse the toys just in case, meanwhile taking in every detail of this guy. Dark jean pants, dirty green coat, skinny build, and he wasn't that tall, no more than 5'3", and he was wearing a red hat, and that's when I saw that he caught me staring at him. His eyes were dark, and it sent chills down my spine. How long had he been staring? I decided not to go back down and thought about my nephew. What if that were him? I would want someone to stand up and fight off this creep. I didn't just stand my ground, I walked up to both of them, ignoring the man's piercing gaze of hatred. I leaned down to the little girl and I asked her where her mommy was. She didn't say anything, just gestured and began to lead me. I looked up at the man and his face was twisted and contorted with rage. I gave him a quick smirk. I felt pretty good about the situation. I met up with the little girl's mom and told her about the man and how he gave me a bad vibe. She thanked me profusely. So I went on my way picking up the present for the party and I never saw that man again until I was finishing up a paper for school while my mom was watching TV. She always had it blaring. It was hard not to hear what was on, even from rooms away, so I could hear it clearly when it said. And in other news, a man has been caught by authorities in a Walmart in Censored County for a crime caught on security footage. That county was only a couple of miles away from me, so I jumped out of my seat to see the screen and sure enough, it was the same man from that Walmart. His crime was exposing himself to a young girl and her mother. It made me sick to my stomach just seeing his face again. It happened the very same night that I had seen him, just at a different Walmart. I was saddened that it happened at all, even though I may have prevented it from happening at my local Walmart, but I wouldn't have done anything differently. So for any of you fighting against that instinct to try to write it off as paranoia, just don't. Number six, frightening experience working at Walmart. Submitted by Shannon. I'm an 18 year old girl who used to work for Walmart. It wasn't a bad job since I was getting paid more than minimum wage and I did the overnight shift. I'm not that much of a people person. This was my first and last time ever working in retail. Not a lot of girls work the overnight or even stock shelves at the location I was employed at. It was a Friday night and I just came in for my 10 p.m. to 7 a.m. shift. The store I worked for closed at midnight and reopened at six. I, being someone who needed caffeine to function, stopped at a coffee shop on my way to work for a coffee. Usually, we're not allowed to have drinks on the floor, but that never stopped me. 
Part of my job is to bring pallets full of products to the floor, to their signed area so we can stock them. I put my coffee down in the pasta slash international food aisle so I could help pull pallets. This could take anywhere from 10 minutes to an hour depending on how much freight we had that night. After I was done pulling pallets, I went back and got my coffee and went back to work. There was a man down my aisle browsing the pasta. I went up to him and asked if he needed help finding anything. He looked at me and smiled this weird smile and he replied with, tonight's the perfect night for a murder. Okay, I thought to myself, that's really weird, but I figured he was just trying to mess with me. I faked a laugh and walked off. About 20 minutes later, my manager came up to me and told me to go to the health and beauty section of the store. I grabbed my coffee and ran right over. It wasn't until 1.45 in the morning that I took a sip of my coffee, and yes, it was cold at that point. A few moments later, I began to feel sick and my head felt light. I couldn't hold anything in my hands and they felt clammy. Everything I tried to pick up fell. Basically, my actions made me feel drunk. I felt confused, but I was still aware of what was happening. I started to panic and freak out. Lunch was at 2 a.m. I ran to the break room and ended up passing out on the floor. When my eyes opened again, one of my coworkers was standing over me, trying to wake me up. At that moment, I had no clue what time it was or even where I was. I looked at my coffee cover and noticed the plastic top was broken. There were indents in the styrofoam cup, like someone dug their fingernails into it, and the lip of the cup was covered with a brown and red powder. I'm almost 100% sure I was drugged. In a world with so many people, there was always that outlier, that deviant with a twisted mind and even more twisted desires. Humans might be complex creatures, but every once in a while, something is broken inside our minds. And when those people are broken, sometimes they want to break others. And breaking others could mean anything to them, it could mean watching you through your window at night. It could mean kidnapping, torture, and even murder. So whenever you're around people, just beware, not everyone is to be trusted. Good night. Be sure to like, share, comment, and subscribe if you enjoyed the video. And don't forget to send us your true police and McDonald's stories at darknessprevails.org. Thanks.